1: Welcome in to Understanding CBD. Hello there, Max Sobel.
2: Hello there, Stephen Wilman.
1: And we are live in the studio today. Welcome everyone. It's August 8th, National CBD Day, and we're talking about the function of CBD for stress in your body. How relevant, Max. How about that? Extremely. Reminding everyone, the phone lines are open. Give us a call at 410-922-6680 if you're live. Um, give us a call. Noah the Engineer, as always, is taking your questions or comments. Uh, sometimes we have time to read them on the air. Sometimes we don't. But we'll make time uh, at the end at least to get them answered for you. Sound good, Max? Sounds great, buddy. All right. Song I chose this week, I Can See Clearly Now by Johnny Nash.
2: Yeah, very nice. I love the Jimmy Cliff version, too.
1: Oh, uh, yeah? Yeah. It's a great song. It you is, know? man. It's, uh, and, and when we're talking about stress, that song for me is... Um, it offers hope, right? Yeah. It's, it's a song about people that have overcome tough times and uh, seeing clearly now that the rain is gone. And that's, and that's how you're going to feel today after, after speaking to our guest, you know for sure. A well, great episode for you today. Um, if you haven't added CBD to your supplement list yet, um, now's a good time to pay attention because we're going to really dig into that. We've invited one of our favorite guests back, Um, for her to explain to us why uh, CBD is so important to add to that list of supplements that you're taking. And following our discussion, we will have some special announcements for you listeners and participants to level up your knowledge and understanding of CBD and cannabis.
2: That's right. We're going to introduce you to Hemptoday.net and what they have to offer, and also the Cannabis Science Conference, which is coming to Baltimore next month. So that's exciting.
1: That's right. So if you doze off for any reason or miss the show for something, you're going to want to make sure you're going to hear things again. Where do they find the replays of the show, Max?
2: At the Internet, (laughs) www.understandingcbd.com. There's a tab there called Our Show. You want to get in there and you can see all the previous podcasts. You can also use any podcast service that you use. Spotify Apple iTunes whatever floats your boat also we're on YouTube so if you go to understanding CBD, sorry if youtube.com forward slash understanding CBD you can see our wonderful faces if you'd like to see us in video form
1: yeah it's a little different than the audio podcast Indeed. so uh, it's, a, it's another way to learn you know some people are more visual yeah um, we also uh, before we get to the news match outline We want to uh, mention that the show is brought to you by Max and Stevens and sponsored by Max and Stevens. So go to maxandstevens.com, pick up a bottle of their CBD drops or their new CBD roll-on. They're happy to help. The number to get them is 443-743-2444. You can text or call that number. Um, They'd love to hear from you.
2: They certainly would. Um, Also, a general reminder to everybody, don't take anything said on this program as professional medical, legal, or financial advice. We are here to entertain you. And now, without further ado, back by popular demand from Episode 63, our special guest today is a naturopathic physician, Dr. M.A. Gotshany. And uh, we're very happy to have her back. Dr. Shani has been in private practice since 2001. She's currently at Santa Cruz Integrative Medicine in Santa Cruz, California. She blends a conventional medical diagnosis and treatment with the use of natural therapeutics like dietary and lifestyle counseling, nutritional supplements, and herbal medicine. Dr. Emay specializes in women's health bioidentical hormone balancing, sexual medicine, and functional digestive issues. Um, in addition to seeing patients, Dr. Amay has been an educator and medical advisor to various companies in the natural products industry since 2011. Um, you can learn a little bit more about her at drshunney.com. That's d-r-s-h-u-n-n-e-y.com. Dr. May, welcome back to the show. Very nice to have you.
3: Oh, thanks. It's so good to be back. I had so much fun last time.
1: Yeah. Can you believe that it's, uh, it really doesn't seem like it's been about 13 weeks, right? About three months.
3: Yeah, because it was Mother's Day.
1: That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah.
3: Does it Amazing. seem like it's been that time long? time <laughs> Right.
1: Time flies. That's about how long it takes to get an appointment with you, too, right? <laughs> it's about three months. Well,
3: yeah,
1: maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, just kidding. But if you go to Dr. Shunny's website, com and look at the reviews. She really has some fan- made some fantastic changes in people's lives. So um, you definitely want to to uh, get on her website and take a look at that. Um, but today, we definitely want to use your time wisely. And um, uh, we've heard you speak about stress. Um, you've talked a little bit about it on our show before, and you've spoken about it before. Um, I really love this topic and the way you cover it, and especially how CBD plays a role in our response to stress. And I want to start this off with um, a definition really, because what is stress?
3: (laughs) It's the gazillion dollar question, right? And we bandy that word about all over the place. Um, Manage your stress, reduce your stress, you know, stressors, you're stressing me out, but what does it really mean? So um, in the 1930s, actually, the, the term was coined by a Canadian-Hungarian endocrinologist named Dr. Hans Selye, and he identified the term stress when he would observe, observe um, rats in his laboratory and how they would respond to what he called chronic noxious stimuli, and he found that they had some very consistent types of, sy- of symptoms, and so what he decided was that when you provided something, in this case negative, um, that caused an organism in that case, it was a, a rat, but you know we're organisms too, right? When you provide something that, that makes an organism need to adapt, um, that certain things will happen that are predictable. And he went on to say that that stress, that thing that causes us to have to adapt somehow, even though in his lab he observed it with something that was noxious or bad, in reality it doesn't have to be bad, that stress is just simply something that makes our organisms our bodies have to jog have to flex have to adapt to the situation so it's this incredible capacity that we have we are having to do it all the time um, but i think that in our in our common language the term stress has become a really negative term and i actually think it's super important for us to remember as we start to talk about stress that stress doesn't have to be bad or good it is just simply something that we have to respond to in our environment and so the more resilient we are to be able to do that the healthier we are the happier we're gonna be um, you know as we've learned maybe more than ever in our lifetime in the last year and a half the ability to adapt and be resist- resilient is, is crucial for survival
2: so it sounds like stress is something that our bodies absolutely need like it's essential in our lives
3: it's essential and we are wired to be able to manage it right and and if you if you look at some of the the surveys about things that cause the biggest stress response and often, by the way, you know, and we'll talk about this as we go, but the way that we measure that, you know, there are organs in our body that make hormones and chemicals to help us manage stress. So we manage, those, we, we um, measure those hormones to see what causes big stress responses. And obviously you can imagine lots of terrible things do, but, um, you know, some of the biggest stressors that we encounter are things like getting married, um, uh, getting a new job, uh, moving. Now, these are things that, you know, hopefully at least with, with getting married are positive things that are happening to us, right? But they're incredibly stressful events. So yeah, we, it, it happens to us. We are, we, it is part of life. It is actually crucial. Um, you know, there's a sweet spot with stress where it keeps us motivated and it keeps us productive. Um, you know, without any stress, we kind of stop reacting, responding, motivating, producing um, so we need a certain amount of it but too much of it runs us ragged in the wrong direction and eventually you know will exhaust us and, and be debilitating
1: yeah so when you, you find yourself at the doctors and um, you know everything's been fine so far but you get to that point where you get reports back or some data that shows hey things are progressing in a way that's not maybe you have some disease diagnosis or some sort of illness. And then the, they suggest, hey, um, stress can be a cause of this. Can you make the connection between, obviously there's good, bad, and stre- bad stress, but the bad stress that's causing these problems, can you connect that for us?
3: To disease states?
1: Or just to the bad stress, you know, that, yeah. you know, what's the problem with, you know, what happens in the body when we get the stress that the doctors are saying, hey, you need to manage this stress better.
3: Yeah, well, you know, immediately when we get a stress message from our brain, you know, that the saber-toothed tiger is coming and we better kick it down the plane and find a tree to hop up into, um, you know, when those messages come, um, the the body actually makes um, chemicals that um, are anti-inflammatory and reduce pain. And elevate our mood and manage our focus and dilate our pupils and dilate our airways and shunt all the blood to our periphery so we can run further, faster, farther and get up into that tree. The problem is the chronic persistent stress, right? We're designed from an evolutionary perspective to have all of those things happen. So we make it to the tree, get up there, saber tooth tiger circles around a few times and then decides it's going to go get lunch somewhere else. We come down from the tree. Modern society, it's like we're in the tree a lot of the time for a prolonged period of time. And some of those chemical messages I mentioned start to go in the other direction. So we actually start to get um, that anti-inflammatory effect wears off and we start to actually get more inflammation in our body. So more of a pro-inflammatory chemical environment in our body. Um, Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Yeah. We... um, we we the, the pain that we kind of didn't feel as much when we were sprinting starts to get worse We we have more pain we uh, so more inflammation more pain our mood tanks um we uh all of that energy that we were shunting into our periphery can make our digestion worse because when you're in that sympathetic fight or flight right nothing's happening for the rest and digest which is the other part of your nervous system so we can really get out of balance and it contrib- can contribute to any kind of digestive issue, and probably what's what's most important when you consider the things that tend to kill us in this country, any inflammatory issue, right? So, you you know, the top three causes of death in this country, which are heart disease, diabetes, and cancer, all have inflammatory components at their root. So, you know, when we are under chronic stress, We are pushing the probability that we could end up with any of those chronic illnesses down the road, not to mention anxiety and depression and fatigue. So, you know, stress can really be behind, frankly, I mean, a, a huge majority of the things that ail us. And when you go to your doctor and that comes up, let's face it, you know, they don't have much for you, you know. So how to stress manage your stress
2: so it sounds like it's not stress that actually kills us it seems like it's the the reaction to stress and the way that our body sometimes handles that stress and so on on that note since stress isn't the worst thing in the world how do we get people to change their perceptions about stress
3: yeah well first of all I think if you start by educating people right you start by saying okay um, so you know just remember that these things are stressful but a lot of the time what can make it really damaging is when we attach an emotional response that stress that we're feeling, Um, you know, or this is, I am stressed out and this is bad. And so we constantly talk to people about things like meditation, mindfulness, taking breaks from their work, taking breaks from the news, getting outside into nature, um, really watching their isolation levels and making sure they're out and connecting, because these are the things that are going to help people take that stress that's happening and not and not attach it to something so negative and manage it better.
1: That's right. And we're going to come back right after this uh, break with Dr. Amy Gould and we're going to talk more about stress and how we can manage that and change our perceptions.
0: clouds that me blind. It's going to be a bright, 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 bright sunshiny day more of understanding cbd with max and stephen on talk radio 680 wcbm
1: Welcome back in, everyone, to Understanding CBD. Hello there, Max Sobel. Hello
2: there, Steve Wallman.
1: We're back here talking with Dr. Emma from uh, about stress and your body. Um, go check her out at uh, drshunny.com. That song was Express Yourself by Charles Wright and the Watts 103rd Street Rhythm Band. Um, and, and, and Dr. Shunny, I know you're a hip-hop fan like we are. Mm-hmm. Do you know what uh, um, I'll say? What artist or group uh, remade that song? Sampled it. Sampled it. Sampled it to uh, make a remake oh, of that song. I
3: don't. I don't. But it's but it's got such a good hook.
1: It Who does. It? It's it's N.W.A. Dre, and that's yes, that's right. And um, nice. Uh, sorry, you lost on that one, but uh, you know, yeah,
3: well, it's all right.
1: That's all right. You got a lot of other good information in that brain. There's no room for that stuff in there. But that's you got um, that right. anyway. We're we're um, uh, you were just <laughs> explaining how we can change, you know, our response to stress. And how do you describe the process of really the perception of stress in the body?
3: Yeah, it's a it's a great question, and I don't know that I can give a. a you know, it's funny because um, what you said previously about it's not the stress that kills you, it's how you react to it. That was actually Dr. Selye who created the term stress. He actually also went and said that about stress. So he also recognized that different people...
2: Dr. Shani, we're getting a little bit of static. Oh. Noah, can you fix
1: this over here? Come on. This is, is
3: that any better?
1: Yes, that is better. Thank you. It must be really? that, that, right. that right hand.
3: Don't yeah. go over here. <laughs> the router's
2: that way. So. Dr. Selye, um, I think you were saying.
3: So Dr. Selye, he actually Selye. said it's not the stress that kills you, it's how you react to it. So I mean he recognized, you know, even back then that perception was a huge thing. And so it's so fascinating how each of us kind of comes into the world. We have our we have our own genetic makeup, we have our own experiences of childhood and adult adulthood, things that we're exposed to by you know, good or bad luck, um, the family that, um, that we are born into who we watch to see how they handle their stress. I mean, all of these things kind of contribute to how we then end up reacting to our stress. So for some people, um, they're starting a few steps behind to try to figure out, you know, how to manage these things that happen to them. Um, and it really, I think it takes somebody, whether it's a a doctor, whether it's a therapist, whether it's a teacher, a pastor, a friend, a family member, to actually make somebody, you know, help somebody be aware that they do have a certain amount of power and control over how they respond to the things that happen to them in their life. And for some people, that's a lot easier to, hand it in, to find that feeling of control and agency than others. So, so much of it is based on our circumstances and what we've been exposed to and what our resources are. So, you know, what I try to do with every patient is just start by talking to them about what it is that's going in their, on in their lives that they find stressful to them, right? This is objective. It's not for me to decide what's stressful to you. It's up to you. So to tell me, and then sometimes I try to talk them through some simple reframing exercises, like is there another way that we can look at this? When you start to feel like that, what sensations do you feel in your body? Well, my chest gets tight, or my stomach starts to hurt, or my head gets fuzzy. Okay, well, can we maybe not attach a whole bunch of negative things to those physical sensations? Can we maybe lean into them a little bit, you know, not resist them, you know, breathe, you know, just so... It sounds kind of rudimentary and simplistic, perhaps, but I think that these things are so crucial because for many of us, we have to relearn how to not go from zero to 60 in a second, right? And of course, that's where we start to get into things like CBD and other tools. I mean, yes, meditation, mindfulness, get outside, connect, all of that. But when there are actually biological tools that we can use to help us get there as well. um, But it does all start right here. The brain is so powerful.
2: Tell us about that. Tell us about this, because you educated us about this HPA axis function. Tell us about that. Yeah,
3: let's throw some more alphabet soup at your listeners, Sure, we need more. (laughs) (laughs) So HPA axis, this stands for hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis. So the hypothalamus is located in your brain, as is the pituitary gland. The hypothalamus is part um, of a group of structures that together are called the limbic system. The limbic system is responsible for every one of your emotions every one of your basic instincts so this limbic system is the key to our emotional life and our hypothalamus is a big part of it you might have heard of other things like the amygdala the prefrontal cortex and there's there's several structures but in this case with the hpa we'll start with the h which is the hypothalamus right this is kind of the seat of that sympathetic nervous system where input comes in and the brain perceives that there is a stressor there's something that we need to respond to the hypothalamus, and you know, granted, this is a simplistic version for any of my, my uh, biochemistry geeks that happen to be listening, so, um, but we all need to understand this. So the hypothalamus makes chemicals that send signals to the pituitary gland to make chemicals to send signals to all of our endocrine organs, including the adrenals. What are your adrenals? There's two of them. They sit on your back, um, and they're on top of your kidneys. They're not... They're they have some, uh, some impact on kidneys, but, but they're completely separate, um, a separate organ. That's where they live in the back. And the adrenals make cortisol, um, adrenaline, uh, also called epinephrine, and norepinephrine. So all of our major stress hormones are made by the adrenals. And they're made in response to this cascade that started at the hypothalamus, went to the pituitary, and then went to the adrenals. The adrenals make that cortisol um, epinephrine, norepinephrine, like I said earlier, your pupils dilate, your lungs can take in more air, you get more blood in your arms and legs so you can run, right? Mood's high, focus is good, all that great stuff um, happens there. When those, that cortisol and epinephrine start to come up, that sends a negative feedback signal to the hypothalamus that says, hey, we're good, we got it covered. And then the hypothalamus stops sending those signals that started that in the first place. Right? That's called a negative feedback loop.
1: The gotcha. So, so your brain says, hey, we have a problem here, and yep. then it sends it down to the, the body, and then the body responds and says, all right, we're good, we got it. And it sends it back up, and then everything is balanced and, and good right. to go. Right. That's a, that's a proper the function, right? That's yeah, the, right. Up,
3: exactly. You're up in the tree, the saber-toothed tiger gets bored and leaves and goes find lunch somewhere else, right? But, as you can imagine, when this loop is running... All day, every day. Yeah, when right?
1: we're stuck up in that tree, or when you know, there's just constant uh, messages of concern. And and, yeah. and and you know, and we didn't mention this earlier, but um, and I bring this up because it's a personal problem for me, and maybe other people have it too. It's not even a mental stress. It could be stress from something that we might be eating that's wrong. So it, yeah. it's not even um, you know the body perceives stress. You know, for many different things, it could be um, the plastic in our water.
3: No, thank you. Yeah, thank yeah. you for saying that. I mean, anything that makes you adapt. So it can be something that you don't know or can't see, like a response to a food or an environmental component. Or yeah, and I didn't mean
1: to interrupt you, but I think that, that point no, is, is that when, you, when you're in this fear state, there's a lot of things that keep you there, and it may be things that go below the radar that you're not even looking for. So I the problems. I'm
3: cold. I'm cold. Yeah. I'm hot. I'm hungry. <laughs> right. So, you know, you try to talk to people about managing their stress when they're cold or hot or hungry. Mm. You've got a problem, like like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You remember that? Like, it's quite a privilege to be able to sit here and talk about stress So are you saying it wears
1: out? Is that the problem? Like, when you stay in this state? Like, what what happens?
3: Oh, so what happens is you lose this beautiful orchestrated feedback loop, right? So for a while, the body compensates as best as it can. Okay, more cortisol, more cortisol, more adrenaline. Okay, I can do that. I can do that. And what we used to say when I first got out of school 20 years ago, we would say that eventually the adrenals can't keep up supply with demand and they become fatigued or exhausted. We used to call this adrenal fatigue or adrenal exhaustion. Um, And that's a really helpful way to think about it. But we've, we've amended that language somewhat over the years because the adrenals actually do not become fatigued or exhausted. What happens is the feedback loop breaks down and stops listening. It's a little bit like the little boy who called wolf. the adrenals lose their sensitivity to those messages. So what often happens is, well, we'll have a certain amount of time where the body's trying to compensate and all these stress hormones go high. Now we're getting more inflamed. We're not managing our blood sugar as well. We're more likely to see high blood pressure, high blood sugar. Um, We're starting to get anxious. Sleep might be breaking down. All Mm -hmm. of these things are happening with prolonged elevated stress hormones. Then eventually that feedback loop becomes less functional. And now... Our levels start to drop.
2: So speaking we get of
3: seeds, we gain weight.
2: And speaking yeah. of systems that, that also you know help control your body's uh, let's call it um, homeostasis, let's Correct. let's dive into the endocannabinoid system because you know we've talked a lot about that subject. What role does the endocannabinoid system play in this?
3: So again, keeping with our alphabet soup theme, we've got mm. CBD, HPA, and the ECS, right? The mm. endocannabinoid system. The endocannabinoid system is actually an incredible gatekeeper for the HPA axis. Um, If you think about some of the things that you've shared with your listeners um, about how amazing the endocannabinoid system is, its ability to keep us balanced, which is also a fancy word, you know, homeostasis is a fancy word for that, um, to decrease inflammation, all of those things. The endocannabinoid system fits in perfectly here. So just to remind everybody, right, your endocannabinoid system consists of cannabis-like compounds that we make ourselves right? So anandamide and 2-AG are the ones you hear about the most. Um, and then we've got different, two different types of cannabinoid receptors that are located throughout the body. And of course, the enzymes that produce and degrade those endocannabinoids, that's our endocannabinoid system. And what we've learned is that the tone or the balance of that system seems to be very predictive of someone's, stress response, and even their own perception of anxiety. So we find, for example, that when people have higher levels of circulating endocannabinoids, so your anandamide and your 2AG are up where they should be, that when you are exposed to a stressor, you are going to um, have a healthier um, uptick of your stress hormones, and you're going to come back to baseline faster. Whereas If you have lower levels of those circulating endocannabinoids, um, that what will happen is that you will actually have a much bigger exaggerated kind of neuroendocrine response to that stress, and it takes you longer to get back to that baseline, which is crucial for keeping that feedback loop intact, right? We've also learned that higher levels of circulating endocannabinoids um, in studies, do things like they are predictive of people having less anxiety, even of being less vulnerable to PTSD. So the health of your endocannabinoid system um, is, is a preventive. Um, it helps to keep you less vulnerable to acute emotional states like anxiety and PTSD, because it keeps you more balanced. It's the homeostasis factor. So the ECS, and the things we can do to balance and support it are crucial to the health of the HPA axis.
1: Yeah, and you've made that so clear, and I love the way you describe it. And, and this sort of enters the role of CBD here and yeah. the phytocannabinoids, the um, you know, endocannabinoids being what's created in the body and phytocannabinoids from this magical plant. Can you tell us a little bit about th- how that fits into this equation and the balancing of your endocannabinoid system?
3: Yeah, so, you know, we know that CBD has over 65 different defined mechanisms of action. So there's a lot that it does. But certainly, if you look at the research, particularly the human research and what we do have, what we see over and over again about one of the main ways that CBD is supportive is that it helps to keep our endocannabinoids in circulation longer. It helps to create better endocannabinoid tone. So if you take CBD, this phytocannabinoid from plants, it comes in and it acts in such a way within, you know, not only in the CB receptors but in the cannabinoid receptors but also in other types of receptors in the body which can give similar kinds of calming mood stabilizing effects and it helps to keep that endocannabinoid system more balanced. So, again, CBD can help make sure that we're primed um, to not be as vulnerable against those acute emotional states like anxiety and PTSD that the studies show, and that when we do have a stress response, it's going to be healthier, it's not going to be exaggerated, and probably the most important, we're going to come back to baseline faster. And I have to say that both my own experience and my patient's experience that I hear over and over again is, I'm just not as reactive as I used to be. and. That's it. That's the key. It's right there. It, you're not as reactive because you're more balanced. It's a healthier. It's a healthier state to be in.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That, um, and I love the way you say that too. That the the cannabinoids from the plant go in not just to complement it, but they also help the natural endocannabinoids live yeah. longer, and it yeah. actually helps your body heal itself naturally, without even actually adding things to it. That's a really interesting way to put in that, Dr. Shunny, and we're going to take a quick break here. Um, We're going to come back with some more, Dr. Shunny, we got some of your listener questions here too, so stay right with us.
2: Stay tuned.
0: More of mm-hmm. Understanding CBD with Max and Stephen on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. And welcome back into to Understanding CBD, everyone.
1: Hello there, Max Sobel. Hello there, Steve Wallman. Hello there, Dr. Shani.
3: Hello. Hello. Glad you
1: made it back for the break. Um, we're coming to the end of our time together, unfortunately, today. Um, but we uh, wanted you all to know that Dr. May Shunney is a naturopathic doctor in Santa Cruz, California. She does offer telemedicine appointments to get you on the right track. Go to drshunney.com, that's D-R-S-H-U-N-N-E-Y.com to schedule an appointment. Um, Dr. Shunney, we have some questions here, but before I have one last one for you. Um, you added CBD to your practice uh, uh, around five years ago or so, um, and since you've added CBD to your practice? Obviously, you have a long history of, of helping patients before CBD entered. How would you describe and what have you noticed since then?
3: I mean, I, I, I'm still amazed at the game changer that CBD has created in my practice for... Um, I would say the things that I see it the most for in my practice are anxiety and stress response, sleep... Um, and then also pain and inflammation. Um, and like you said, I mean, I've been doing this for 20 years, so, you know, five and a half of it with CBD, the rest without. And I find that while I have so many plants and herbs and nutraceuticals that I, I love and use regularly, um, that CBD just, um, it, acts, it acts faster in a more profound way for those conditions that I just listed than, than anything else that I've per- personally worked with before. So it's been a real game changer for my practice.
2: That's great, Dr. Shani. And so we have a a listener question here, which is a pretty common question that we get here and there. And um, the question is, you know, I'm considering taking CBD and I'm concerned about its interaction with any medications. So what do you typically tell your patients there?
3: Well, you know, in a perfect world, I would say, I would say absolutely, there's a small possibility you should check with your doctor. But then of course, if I say that, I also have to know that chances are their doctor's going to have no clue. Unfortunately. So, you know, what I would say is that while there is um, a chance, I mean, CBD is metabolized down the same pathway in the body that metabolizes the vast majority of pharmaceuticals. Um, I would say that what we've actually seen in clinical practice and in studies is small. The exception would be with some anti-epileptic medications. And of course, also Coumadin and blood thinners and, you know, newsflash, Anything you take and eat can interfere with your Coumadin and blood thinners, so your doctor always needs to know when you add something, even if it's a new diet, a new dietary strategy or a new supplement when you're on those meds. Other than that, there's a lot of synergy with certain pathways. So if you're taking anti-anxiety meds, sleep meds, um, antidepressants, and then you're trying to use CBD for that, you've got to be careful. So I I would say do it with somebody, with a provider or, um, or, you know, someone you trust, a trusted consultant that can help you kind of navigate what's happening. Start low, go slow, and you really shouldn't get in much trouble. I I, I have found um, uh, CBD to play very well, even with other medications.
1: Thank you. That's a, that's a great uh, answer. Appreciate that. Um, we have another listener here, and this is um, from one of our anxious listeners, uh, she says. Um, uh, Dr. Shani, you've convinced me I'm going to try CBD. Uh, how much do I take?
3: So here's the thing. You have to go into it with beginner's mind and an open brain to the idea that you're going to have to find the sweet spot for you that we're all a little different. What it takes to balance my endocannabinoid system to provide that kind of of calming effect is different than what it takes to do it for you, right? So what I would do, I have found that incredibly low doses of CBD can actually be very helpful for anxiety. So I would say even starting with 3 to 5 milligrams of CBD uh, in a full Uh, full-spectrum hemp extract um, would be a really easy place to start and it's quite fast-acting so if you don't notice a difference in say 15 20 minutes if you're taking a liquid um, or 45 to 60 minutes if you're taking a capsule that's a pretty good sign that you can slowly start to titrate up on your dose worst thing that I usually see with these kinds of doses if you take too much is you get sleepy So if you're worried about that, maybe don't do it when you're running out to do carpool or you've got an important meeting or you're about to do an important thing for your job. Yeah, until
1: you know what it does with your body.
3: Yeah, exactly, so that you can experiment. But usually if you start low, 3 to 5 milligrams if anxiety is the issue, and then I would say take it at the time of day when your anxiety is the worst. So Mm. if your anxiety is worse at night, take it then. If it's daytime anxiety, take it in the morning. and, And for a while, take it every day in the morning to try to... You're trying to wear some new grooves in in your nervous system, in your stress response, right? And then as you start to see some success, you can start to pull back and even use it on more like an as-needed basis.
2: So certainly uh, taking it orally can help with stress. What about topically? Because people have that question all the time. Can Can applying it topically help?
3: It's a great question. I think it can. I mean, you know, uh, there's, uh, I, I don't, there's no data, data to support this, but I would say that anecdotal data, and certainly what I've seen in my practice, um, of course it's gonna, some of it's going to get into your bloodstream, right? All those incredible cannabinoids and terpenes in the full-spectrum hemp are actually great at driving things in, in, through the skin and into the bloodstream. So you're going to get some CBD in the bloodstream, and I often tell people, particularly if they're nervous at first, Take some balm or some roll-on or something like that, put it at the bottoms of their feet or on their wrists, put their feet up, relax a little bit. And um, I, I think a lot of people find that to really support a state of relaxation.
1: Well, oh, that's fantastic. Dr. Shawnee, thank you so much for being here today and giving us some great advice on dealing with stress and how we can uh, use, use hemp and uh, CBD. Appreciate My that. pleasure. It's
3: so good to talk with you guys. Now,
1: um, everyone, go to drshunny.com. That's www.drshunny.com and uh, follow up with Dr. Shunny for some more information. <laughs> and uh, the rest of you, stay with us. Um, we have some exciting announcements to make about uh, leveling up your knowledge on the CBD and cannabis industry. Stay with us. Thanks,
3: you, guys. <laughs>
0: Now, more of Understanding CBD with Max and Steven on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Welcome back into Understanding CBD. Hello there, Max Sobel.
2: And welcome back, Steve Allman.
0: Thank you,
1: thank you, thank you all for staying attuned for our special announcements today of our new media partnerships, right, Max?
2: We've got new media partnerships, let's so let's, let's talk about them, right? Yeah. All right, so first of all, we'd like to announce hemptoday.net. And um, this is an interesting one. We're happy to announce our media partnership with HempToday.net, the world's leading source for business information about industrial hemp. Hemp Today has been working in the industrial hemp sector since 2016, and they've built up an amazing networking operation, starting with their business news website and a board of advisors from all over the world. And we'd like to specifically mention the Hemp Today team is getting their magazine together for the fourth quarter. If you're a company in the hemp business or offering services to the sector, there are possibilities for editorial presentations and advertising. We'll definitely have an ad in there. Absolutely. The upcoming issue of Hemp Today magazine focuses on innovation with the industrial hemp around the world and features a number of timely updates. Things are changing fast in hemp. Europe has finally established the legality of CBD and EU countries are now adjusting local regulations to get their markets rolling. The magazine will give an update on CBD in Europe and in the UK, where the market's also opening up as we speak. These are multi-billion dollar markets. The upcoming edition of Hemp Today will also feature feature several interviews with global hemp leaders and Hemp Today editors are writing about the emergence of hemp fiber and the really interesting possibilities for sequestering carbon and selling carbon credits from industrial hemp all these reports are all planned for hemp today's q4 2021 issue hemp today editions have a readership of more than 40,000 hemp stakeholders from around the world full page ads and editorial presentations start at just $620 us so if your company would like so if your company would like to be featured in hemp today's digital magazine get in touch with hemp today U.S. Sales Director, Susan Barnhart, by email. Her email is susan, S-U-S-A-N, at hemptoday.net, or you can reach her by phone at 904-844-2142. The reservation deadline is August 26th.
1: Fast approaching, fast approaching. We have a
2: full page ad in there, too. That's right, and I'm excited about that.
1: Yeah, and check out um, their website. They have a lot of good information um, updating on news. Um, All right, and uh, we also want to mention and announce the world's largest and fastest growing cannabis science event, Cannabis Science Conference, is coming to Baltimore. Woohoo. That's right. Join us September 13th through the 15th. Uh, this year for an exciting conference with keynotes, presentations, roundtable discussions and exhibits. You can find out more at www.cannabisscienceconference.com. Their conferences have a specialized focus on analytical science, medical topics in cannabis, cultivation and hemp science, so they pull together cannabis industry experts, instrument manufacturers, testing labs, research scientists, medical practitioners, policy makers, and interested novices, like most of us. Um, Understanding CBD listeners receive 25% off registration by using code CBD at checkout. Again, go to www.cannabisscienceconference.com Use CBD at checkout for 25% off. They also have a cannabis, a canna boot camp, and that's a pre conference workshop on the 13th of September. Um, and that's held at Evermore Cannabis Company's Cultivation and Processing Facility. Uh, there, attendees will learn many aspects of the cannabis industry from cultivation to processing, analytical testing, lab informatics management systems. And processing, extracting in an interactive and engaging learning environment. So go to www.cannabisscienceconference.com, check it out and use CBD at checkout for 25% off.
2: Very, very cool. I'm sure that those listening are sitting here riveted to their seats wondering whether or not Max Sobel and Steven Wallman from Understanding CBD will be at the conference.
1: That's a good question, and we will be there for for sure. And uh, but even more exciting, we have um, we have a reporter that's going to be there. We, we through this relationship, um, we are, we have access to every speaker and also the guest speakers and sponsors. So we'll be able to go through the conference and ask critical questions. So if you take a look at the um, the list on their website again, that is cannabisscienceconference.com take a look at the keynote speakers. Take a look at the sponsors. If you have questions for any of them, if for some reason you can't make it, if you're not in the Baltimore area, shoot us a message. You can text us or email us. Um, our text is four four three seven four three two four four four, 743 2444 and you can email us at hello at understandingcbd.com with any questions for the keynotes, or the vendors, because you know, we have we have that access
2: now. Will we be able to wear those like old timey forty style hats with the little press thing written on it? You know <laughs> if what I mean? you want well, to, now see, we're here to <laughs> do an interview. See, I think we should do that every week, Bobby. Okay, see, so, that's right. It. That's hey, it's a first for us. No problem. For once, we won't be vendors there. We'll actually be having interviews and getting to talk to people and meeting people. And like you said, we'll probably have a reporter there. Yeah, be because, and
1: then we'll be able to publish that content on understanding CBD. Um, and different places on our social media that you can have access to and, um, and learn from what's happening there.
2: Well, we really, really excited about both of these partnerships, and we're really excited about upcoming partnerships. People are reaching out to us every single day. Um, if you're interested in forming a partnership with us, our number to call and text is 443-743-2444.
1: That's right. And, again, we want to thank our, uh, our guest, Dr. Amay Goudshani, Thank you very much. Thank you all for listening. That's the most important. Noah, great job in the booth today again. You know, we appreciate you. Anyone you want to thank for this, Noah? He's not ready He's not Okay. Ready, no well, problem. we want to thank Max and Stevens for their sponsoring of the show. Go to maxandstevens.com and pick up a bottle. They have a new roll on product, as I say, we do. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, the CBD Drops is really just blowing it off the market at this point.